0: On May 25th, Minneapolis police officers arrested George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, after a Delhi employee called 911, accusing him of buying cigarettes with a counterfeit $20 bill. He was restrained by the officers while police officer Chauvin placed his left knee between his head and neck. I can't breathe, George Floyd said repeatedly. For 8 minutes and 46 seconds, Chauvin kept his knee on George Floyd's neck. About six minutes into that period, George Floyd became non-responsive. In videos of the incident, this was when George Floyd fell silent, as bystanders urged the officers to check his pulse. Videos captured Chauvin not removing his knee even after Mr. Floyd lost consciousness, and for a full minute after paramedics arrived at the scene. George Floyd was pronounced dead about an hour later at a local hospital. started out as a crazy pandemic with the coronavirus, and we thought that was nuts. And then sure. just all, everything that's been going on since uh, George Floyd was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's, it's, a, it's a lot to take in, and there's a lot going on right now. Um, but I think that the message needs to stay focused, and the message is that there's been so much injustice over and over and over and people need to stop getting sidetracked and, and losing focus on the the, the message and, and talking about the looters and all this other bullshit. And you know what I mean? It, the, the main message is that there needs to be justice. These people need to be held accountable. That's the only way that change is going to be brought about. Um, and 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 I feel like, we need to keep the pressure on until that change does happen and we and we see it through to the end. So,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Conan was interviewing Van Jones, and he said something that really resonated with me about trauma and how the way that George Floyd was murdered kind of brought back years and years and years of like black mm. trauma, like from yeah. lynchings and, and violent, like different forms of violence, like specifically lynchings, though. George Floyd's just like called to be like rescued, basically to be helped. Yeah. Like he said, he I can't breathe. You know, it just brought back these these traumatic events that mm-hmm. happened throughout history, um, and the fact that George Floyd was put in the situation for a twenty dollar counterfeit. You know, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's ridiculous. It's nothing.
1: And it's so blatant in your face, like eight nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what? You know what I mean, and people are yelling at the guy like, uh-huh. "Get off!" So and
2: I, with other police officers with just him, sitting there, not doing anything, not doing about a fucking it.
1: thing. Why, why don't you check that dude? There's you so
2: many. There's so much. You know, like it's so, so important to talk about trauma right now because there's something that I've learned about recently called epigenetics, which I feel like is very relevant. Epigenetics is um, the study of heritable phenotype changes that do not involve alterations in the DNA sequence. It looks at trauma and how trauma actually physically uh, is physically passed down through generations. Let's say your great-great-great-grandmother went through something horrific, whether it's like abuse or um, psychological trauma, whatever it be, Um, it is passed down genetically to you the trauma. The, the trauma itself. Yeah. Right. Uh, regardless of whether or not you've experienced it yourself. Right. But it's really important in this specific situation mm-hmm. because just because a lot of people in the black community have not specifically faced the trauma of their ancestors back in the day.
0: Kind of like what Van Jones was saying that was like, People say, "Why, why is the black community so angry all the time?" Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to what you're saying uh, with epigenetics. Also, he kind of put that in there,
2: like partially. Uh, how yeah. Are I we not like, angry? I feel like partially it is a part of that. It is like a passed down, physically passed down, biological trauma. But it is also a part of like a systematic racism as oh, yeah. well. It's part For of sure. like the everyday experience of being being sure. oppressed and being objectified and being uh, disregarded. You know what I mean? Yeah you know, when thinking about, like, the hierarchy of privilege, for example, mm-hmm. you know, even me, okay, I'm gonna just going to speak from personal experience, because I feel like I can't really speak for anyone else, yeah, but cool. as a as a, a Palestinian, as an Arab person, but I'm also white passing, like, I'm very, 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 very privi- privileged in that sense, mm-hmm. um, like, I could literally walk down the street, and people will just, like, think that I'm, like, just a regular, you know, like, <laughs> Just like a white you American white. Yeah, you look white <laughs> yeah exactly you know and and I have i never really thought about that outside of being in the. US yeah, I, I never really real. thought about it at home as yeah. much. but coming here, I really had to like understand what what that means. And when speaking to a person of color, but specifically speaking to a black person in the US, I will, it's just such a different experience living here in that way yeah so it's just that level of just understanding and that conversation there needs to be there needs to be a, a bridging like a, a bridging the gap in a way and that requires people who, of color from different communities and white people specifically to listen and to actually try to understand there,
1: there there's a point where it's like you're putting the emotional labor on them to mm. kind of teach you yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah. And and that's the point where it's like, they're already going through enough exactly. right now. You yeah. know what I mean? So then for us to them to turn around and also have to go out of their way to yeah, fucking yeah. teach Absolutely. everyone else how to be an act and, and you know what I mean, navigate through this. It, it's just not the time right now. Like it's exhausting. I, I, exactly. It's yeah. totally exhausting. And And from the sense of everyone that I've talked to, They are exhausted. They're emotionally drained. They've been through the ringer, even, even saying little things like, you know, like reaching out to them. They don't even like have the energy, some of them for that Mm -hmm. stuff. Right. Right. So it's just, I think right now I feel like we just need to be like, Hey, I'm here for, if you need me, no response needed.
2: I feel like it's our we have so many resources now. Like we have we can easily get the information, we can learn the history, we can learn how to support and be allies without having to ask, you know, black people to tell us, you know, these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we can educate ourselves on how to be better at at supporting and and contributing. You know what I mean? So I completely agree with that.
0: What what happened to humanity in general cuz you know when you grow up as a kid you're taught to do what's right and you know clearly what's wrong mm-hmm. and then you grow up and you you grow to be desensitized to other people's pain yeah um and you real, you you grow up that you should ignore it you should not lament on it because it's a bummer to think about one <laughs> and two you can't do anything about it so don't let that bring you down right Mm -hmm. and now we've all kind of been trained to think that way um where like Mm -hmm. i'm no mother Teresa, i just need to i need to i need to look out for myself just to survive this crazy world i don't have time to even think about other people and that's fucked up like that we know that Mm -hmm. that's inherently wrong yet we all do it to a certain extent i feel like yeah why like what what happened (laughs) what what happened I don't got the answers,
2: Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we got distracted. I feel we got distracted with with everything. There's so yeah. much like stim stimuli. There's so many. St- is that the word stimuli? So, uh, stimulus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're There's the wrong so much. There's just so much that o- just overwhelms <laughs> our daily lives. Yeah. That enough. that is in an excuse. You know, it's not an excuse, but it it just happens especially to people who are mm-hmm. very privileged they don't have the any reason to worry about these things yeah. so it becomes much easier to just be absorbed by other things that are easier to to fill up your time with it's in, it's
0: inconvenient to care yeah exactly. it's very inconvenient That's to care one.
1: yeah you get wrapped up in your own life you mm-hmm. know what i mean where you're just worrying about how am i going to do this how am i going to make enough money to quit my job (laughs) you know i mean whatever it is you know that you get caught up in in the day-to-day
2: here i've noticed with the media with media in general i feel like it really kind of like censors and and kind of um doesn't prioritize international news in any way and Mm. um i mean i guess to some extent some people might think that makes sense but i feel like some part of it is because they don't want people to feel like they don't want people to connect to any other narratives mm-hmm. because when there's power uh, where, the, where power is is wh- when people are kind of together when they believe in the yeah. same thing and when they realize they have a common enemy uh white supremacy has been the bane of humanity <laughs> since the beginning so many cultures and so many you know societies and races have suffered hardships because of that there's so many people that are trying to kind of be in solidarity with the black lives matter movement and like black communities right now going through the struggle because part of it is to say like we feel you like we know Mm. to some extent not fully what you're going through through systematic you know oppression not necessarily maybe systematic racism Mm. in the same way but we understand oppression and i feel like that's how humanity could grow more is when you find a common ground and mm. when you stand together
0: that, that that brings me to a point that I really want to talk about actually so it's a good segue <laughs> is black lives matter versus all lives matter so that's something that like it's a huge pet peeve of mine as well, and I know it is for you guys as well but Why don't people get it? Why don't people get it when they see hashtag black lives matter? You see the hashtag all lives matter. It's so frustrating. I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get what they don't get.
2: It should be logical, like off the bat, Mm -hmm. but I really try to make, explain it in ways, maybe like through, through comparing it to other things. Like if it's like, for example, like be like, okay, well think about feminism. That doesn't mean like, all men are bad, we should abolish all men, it just means, like, oh, with feminism, you want to be equal to men. It's like, a, yeah. you want to say, like, women are human, too. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? So I'm, I try to use, like, other things to com- like to, to say, like, okay, we're, we're asking for equality here. We're, we're right. asking you to treat us the same way. That's what Black yeah. Lives Matter is about. It's trying, It's asking for equal treatment. It's, it's asking you to treat people in the black community as human beings, just we, as yeah. you
0: know we're mean? just sad. In, in the fact that we have to do that, but and, yeah. and, and it's, it's just like, what, what's going on in the news right now? Like, what are you watching right now? We know that all <laughs> lives matter, but it's right now. Black people are right. being attacked mm-hmm. and, and not treated like humans, exactly. like, like equals. So yeah, let's, let's at I don't care if you're Puerto Rican if you're Palestinian, you're Korean or you're whatever, but like, why don't we back up someone that is being attacked? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it just should be inherently in us to want to help the underdog or to help someone that's being so you know stupid. shoved down mm-hmm. in society right now for, for for no no fucking reason at yeah. all.
1: Good example was like if your house was b- burning and then somebody's like my house matters too or all house matters like well your house isn't on fire. My house is on fire, so help me mm-hmm. put my house out. Like Yeah. It, that's it, a good one. That's it a good example. Get through. And yeah. I think the biggest thing is like that people need to know it. It's it becomes a protest to that protest and, and it just kind of basically bashes that. So mm-hmm. people need to
0: wise the fuck up. Well, you know, people need to get, get their heads out of their own asses because yeah. they're they're just always people that put down hashtag all lives matters. The, the only thing that they're thinking about is themselves. themselves yeah. yeah, they're That's they're so clear. fucking selfish, and all they could think about is, oh, hey, what? I'm not included. It's exactly. like, how about you I'm look not included at your neighbor, That's like especially point. the people that are of of color, yeah. like like someone that you'd feel like should understand a little bit more. Um, you, you you should understand that what this means, mm. you know. Yeah. And and if if people started just attacking Koreans. I would hope that black people would be like, that's fucked up. Yeah. I understand where that's where you're coming yeah. from. Let, let, let's help you out like that. That's exactly. fucking,
1: that's and fucked that's up. Korean lives matter. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. But it's, it's
0: whatever I mean, it's... people need the most. Like we should, yeah. we should back them up, especially if you're a per, person of color and yeah. you kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but instead what we're, we've been seeing a lot of and not everyone, but we've seen a lot of people of color um, attack, mm-hmm. physically attack, like mm-hmm. gangs attack black people and, and murder black people. During these times, like Mm -hmm. instead of supporting them, I, I don't understand. And it makes, it makes me like, when I really think about all this, it really brings me down and not that this has anything to do with me and my feelings, but I'm just saying like, it makes me really think that this world is, is so fucked up that like, everything is backwards. Nothing makes sense. And, And let me throw this in here too. What, white people's lives matter too, of course, but they've been mattering more than other people's lives for a long, long time. Okay, Since that's the why, of time. That's why yeah. you're not seeing hashtag White Lives Matter. We we get it, you know. <laughs> We've been that's been shoved yeah. in our faces for a long mm-hmm. time. We get that you're fine, yeah. you know. And, and we always you hear this in the news. People are like, "Hey, I'm a white guy. I work. I worked my ass off to get where I am, and mm-hmm. nothing was handed to me." So, fuck you for just saying, like, you know, I'm privileged. But the thing is, that, that they're missing have the whole no point. Idea. They're well, missing they have the whole no point.
1: Because they have nothing to compare it to. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Yeah. Nothing at all. Exactly. They were privileged the whole time, but yeah. they, they didn't know. You know why? is Because, and back to your point, like, people are in their own little bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. They're fed what they're fed, their friends agree with them even like these algorithms are fed to like reaffirm their beliefs and what everything they that on, they, what they see. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're fed all these stories that are just like, yeah, that's what's going on. And yeah, look at all how they're handling this and this rioting and they looter, exactly. a bunch of animals and that's blah, blah, blah. Thinking. And it's the same fucking shit over and over to them. So it, it's just like, who's telling the story, right? That's what it comes down mm-hmm. to. Who is telling the story? Who are you listening that's telling the story, exactly. right? Because everyone's going to tell it from their side of the story. And if you're only on one side and you're getting fed that over and over and over and all your friends agree with you, then that's what you're going to uphold. It's, it's, it's People need to be pulled out of their fucking bubbles and faced with the hard, cold truth and reality And, and that's why it gets to a point where it's just like, you know what, with all this shit, like people need to be pulled out of their fucking homes, dragged on the streets. Now I'm getting violent, but like, (laughs) and like, I want to shove their face in the fucking truth so they can see what the fuck is really going on Mm. or have them live a day in the lives of somebody who was black or somebody who is a minority and see how they fucking feel in that same situation.
0: Yeah. And and the funny thing, thing is, I don't know how that feels. Do you know what um, I mean? I, I, I'm Asian American, do a little. I know a little bit more there than go, maybe little. some people, Yeah. but I'm not anywhere close to like the black community and and, and the way that this country has treated them. You know, like yeah. I can't speak to that like, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I actually, even know how it actually feels. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like the system was made to bring me down this much. Mm. You know, I don't think I have equal footing as a white male. You know, when yeah, I started yeah. out, I know that yep. for sure. I mean, that fucking started all the way from basketball teams, you know, when I tried <laughs> out and they, they disregarded me right yeah. away. They put me in a special different court oh, with same. other, other minorities. Same. I was put in a different court where they didn't even look at Politics me, everywhere. but I mean, it, it starts anywhere. There's different sizes. Not, and obviously I want to make that clear. I'm not comparing <laughs> putting, being put in a basketball the, court. The and of <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> to, <laughs> Yeah. And that's my yeah. point is I'm nowhere close to that, but, yeah. but we all have different versions of it. And I think, right. I think it's, you know, again, like we should be, again, people that understand a little bit, a fraction of it, and we should be backing the people yeah. that are being pushed mm-hmm. down because we understand a little bit of what that feels mm-hmm. like.
2: Right. I agree. Somebody was responding to a comment that I made on Instagram. It was on on uh, Blackout Tuesday, and I was telling people, like, please don't put Black Lives Matter hashtag because people are getting, like, organizers oh, and protesters yeah. and... You know activists Mm -hmm. are getting really important information through this you know through this hashtag through this thread so please don't use it using these specific posts because it's not necessary for them right now Mm -hmm. um somebody responded to to my message it was very neutral it wasn't like a very like it wasn't an aggressive message that i sent this person messaged me and was saying um hashtag all lives matter like blah, blah 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 i don't i don't remember what the rest she said and then i was like I, we were talking about the all lives matter thing. I was like, you know, of course we all believe that all lives matter, but that's not the point. And then I go on that mm-hmm. whole thing. And she was like, sorry, not sorry. Hashtag all lives matter. She says, how would you mm-hmm. like it if you were a business owner and your sh- shit gets broken and you lose all this blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you really comparing? <laughs> are you really comparing a human life to this stuff? Number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, It has been shown on footage that police officers have been breaking storefronts, number one, and they've also been hiring fake protesters or undercover cops to break storefronts and graffiti uh, storefronts and whatever. So it's just really interesting what kind of information is being distributed across Mm -hmm. the news versus social media from person to person. So that's the kind of thing that shapes somebody's mentality too. like outside yeah. of the community, outside of your home, outside of your upbringing, I feel like these things, like how it's systemized, is so fucked up. you know yeah. it's just really yeah Sorry, I'm glad, like I'm glad
1: you brought that up though, about like these other people out there that are really manipulating the situation because I, I've seen the same exact thing i've, I've seen I've seen um like. Undercover like KKK members show up at rallies. I'm sure there's a bunch of other groups that are, or just random motherfuckers who have no, don't even care about the cause or whatever it is. You know, people rolling up from other states in u vans vans, um, mm-hmm. you know, looting and destroying and uh, other people's stuff and trying to take advantage of, or just pin it on and make it like you said, change the narrative and make it look like. Because obviously, you know, the blacks are going to get are the ones who are going to basically be seen for the ones who are causing all this stuff exactly. when it's not really true and i started seeing like a bunch of videos too where like you said i saw the the cop one that was and, and then i started seeing where people are getting wise to it and now picking people up i saw one where they picked this dude up and they gave him to the cops which i was like applauding that uh, i thought that that shit was awesome mm-hmm. um but people have to stay wise like they have to know like there's other people involved there's so many other factors involved for all we know you know what i mean anybody is going to take advantage of a situation where there's chaos you know Mm -hmm. people use that to their advantage whether it's a political advantage we don't know what type of groups are involved trying to take advantage of that yeah we don't know. if For all we know, the Russians could be involved trying to take advantage of uh, American devices like where we're, we're at um, divided right now. Like there's so many other stuff. And I know like that might be a reach, but I'm just trying to paint the picture of like there's so many other people who can who, who like can gain from this situation. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the angles and we don't know everything that's involved. And I've seen so many peaceful protests. That have gone amazingly, and that's not making on the news. And that's not really making the airwaves. They only want to focus on 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 the looting and the destruction. Mm-hmm. And that's missing the whole point. They're changing the narrative and they're taking it away from the main focus.
2: Sometimes I just wonder, I'm sorry, this is kind no, of a no. sidetrack, but I was wondering, because uh, we were talking earlier about the elections and we we're talking about yeah. voting and stuff like that. So it's off topic. But it makes me think about, this might be very controversial, but makes me think about the efficiency of democratic or peaceful, you know, what are contributions. Let's mm-hmm. say it's voting or like peaceful protests, et cetera. I feel like there needs to be a balance, because as met as much as there are peaceful protests, how much has that changed things? You know, if it's mm. just on its mm. own, you know, how much has it really, truly, truly made huge like? institutional institutional and systematic changes. No, oh, I hear that. And I feel like when it came to let, let's say the previous elections, you know, people voted, you know, there were things at play that we n- none of us really knew about that really manipulated the votes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel I believe that to be true. I feel like there's things going on when Trump was elected. I feel like there were things at play that mm-hmm. none of us you know would have foreseen exactly so as much as people could like use their voice as much as they feel like they they have a um agency and and doing these things and choosing these things i feel like there's so many things that peace a pc or peaceful way of approaching it is very limited that's why i feel like there needs to be a balance between Mm. like aggressive and aggression and violent forms of resistance and peaceful forms of resistance they go hand in hand yin and yang yeah. it's it has to they yeah. have to come together in order to really make a difference and i truly believe that and i'm not saying i no, agree with violence no, I understand. i'm just saying i feel like that is in truly making change i feel like that's the most effective segue okay yeah. i feel like i really um. want to want to read this yeah. like yeah. excerpt from because right, I feel like it's really, really relevant.
0: Well, can you explain um, what this is? Yeah.
2: So it's um, an excerpt from The Wretched of the Earth by Frantz Fanon. Um, I, I don't know if I said his name right, but um, it's from the first chapter. It's literally page two of the first chapter. The chapter is called On Violence. Um, and when I first read this book, it, was, it, it just resonated with me so much um, because it really i just i related to it so much coming from what the palestine and going through my own forms of oppression systematic oppression um and it speaks specifically on decolonization so off the bat it may seem like it wouldn't relate but i feel like it really does because i feel like colonial systems could be literal colonial systems like israel or like french colonial a, a colonisation of, of, mm-hmm. of North African countries, etc., whatever. Um, or you could think about it as you know systematic oppression that's happening today. It's just much more covert. So um, I just thought that it would be very relevant to re- read this because I just wanted to pick your brains about it and how it related to what we were just talking about. Let's do it. Okay. Decolonization, which sets out to change the order of the world, is clearly an agenda for total disorder. But it cannot be accomplished by the wave of a magic wand, a natural cataclysm, or a gentleman's agreement. Decolonization, we know, is is a historical process. In other words, it can only be understood, it can only find its significance, and become self-coherent insofar as we can discern the history-making movement which gives it form and substance. Decolonization is the encounter between two congenitally antagonistic forces that in fact owe their singularity to the kind of reification secreted and nurtured by the colonial situation. Their first confrontation was colored by violence and their cohabitation, or rather, the exploitation of the colonized by the colonizer, continued at the point of the bayonet and under cannon fire. The colonists and the colonized are old acquaintances, and consequently, the colonist is right when he says he knows them. It is the colonist who fabricated and continues to fabricate the colonized subject. The colonist derives his validity, i.e., his wealth, from the colonial system. Decolonization never goes unnoticed, for it focuses on and fundamentally alters being and transforms the spectator crushed to a non essential state into a privileged actor, captured in a virtually grandiose fashion by the spotlight of history. It infuses a new rhythm specific to a new generation of men with a new language and a new humanity. Decolonization is truly the creation of of new men, but such a creation cannot be attributed to a new supernatural power. The thing colonized becomes a man through the very process of liberation. Decolonization therefore implies the urgent need to thoroughly challenge the colonial situation. Its definition can, if we want to describe it accurately, be summed up in the well-known words, the last shall be first. Decolonization is verification of this. At a descriptive level, therefore, any decolonization is a success. So that was like a mouthful, and it was very, like... It's hard to kind of grasp at first, mm-hmm. you know, at first glance, but I feel what I really appreciate when he writes about this and and I feel like it's helpful when when you really read through the chapter at least specifically because he keeps repeating it in very mm-hmm. in different ways, which helps you grasp it more and more. But basically he talks so much about the relationship between the colonized and the colonizer, the oppressor and the oppressed, mm-hmm. and how they are, you know, it's like a relationship like in a sense, but, like, a toxic relationship, obviously, where one fe- feeds off of the other. And decolonization can only exist when the last becomes the first, when the colonized fight to, to for decolonization, in a way. So I feel like it's just very, like, this specific book and this specific chapter really, like, resonate. It just, I thought about it so much when... People yeah. were arguing about the riots, and they were arguing uh, arguing about these no, forms of violence. Because I feel like w- when the system itself is inherently violent towards black bodies, mm-hmm. violence is the only is the only yeah. response.
1: That's a that's a good point that you bring up because obviously we we all like nobody likes to look at violence, right? Nobody, nothing is pretty. But if you really want to even go back to try to translate this to some people, I I think even how this country was fucking built, right? Mm -hmm. You go back and it's like, war is violent, but that's the only way that you're going to get shit done. You know what I mean? Is sometimes you have to, you have to do that. Like how, how else, if not, they're just going to continue to put you down.
0: So what was the key message of that passage?
2: the part about fabrication um i feel like he meant specifically and he elaborates on that more later is a system of uh, kind of like a systematic oppression in a way like there's yeah, this, a, a fabrication a yeah. and a manipulation in a way of the colonized to meet specific standards or meet, uh, meet uh, or uh, succumb them- to a specific system to put them down exactly yeah so I feel like a, that's an important part of that that passage on explaining what that dynamic is and how the colonize, or the colonizer succeeds in colonizing the colonized
0: I guess for me, what I got from that though is it's it's super idealistic mm-hmm. and I, I don't see how that's possible to be honest because mm-hmm. whoever's in power they like being in power mm-hmm. um, um, you need a really benevolent figure or people in power to want to decolonize themselves do you know what i mean like but
2: it's not saying that the the colonizer wants to decolonize themselves it's saying the colonized want to decolonize themselves they want to get out of that system and to be emancipated
1: if things aren't disruptive what reason do people have to change if things are peaceful and they're fine it's like oh they're just protesting they're just out there doing their thing whatever it's not going to change anything. Now if people are like unrest and totally and and businesses can't keep going on, things are getting smashed. So I, I think there uh, and and thank you for opening my eyes a little bit because I was even a little you know on the edge too, but now that I'm really looking at it, I'm like, you're right. why would what's the incentive for them to even want to shape up? You know what I mean? if things are going to remain peaceful, yeah, there's not. And it's like, okay, you push the people this far to the point where you they've had to resort to violence and destruction now this isn't going to stop until you make this change
0: is violence the answer
2: i don't so I, that's the thing though i don't think we ha, we're if i'm not i'm not it. arguing for a specific answer i'm not saying it's yeah, the answer i'm just saying there needs to be a balance between i mean i'd in this current state in this yeah. current world we live in I don't see as much as I've I've previously, I've always been an advocate for peaceful protesting. You know, always, I've always been like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's be peaceful, like peace, love and happiness, you know, kind of thing. But that's really thinking about it now, that's never been a successful strategy to make real change. If you think about Mm. it in the Gold Coast, in the sixties here in Chicago, like during the civil rights movement, during the black power movement, Mm The same thing happened, destroying storefronts and riots and d- breaking cars and windows and graffiti everywhere. And the '60s when, is when that like really huge shift in like civil rights occurred. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that specific incident, but I feel like it's a it's an amalgamation of incidents, an amalgamation of events that caused this change to happen. And that's why I'm saying these things in combination the peaceful mm-hmm. protests and and yeah, yeah the peaceful protests and 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 uh yeah i'm not saying the right specific you know what i mean like these things have to happen in order for something to start stirring, something to change to move forward it's grabbing the attention uh, uh, uh in different ways in, yeah. in a way where change has to happen
0: because mm-hmm. you can't have status quo if mm-hmm. every everything is being disrupted mm-hmm. so i i get that and that kind of brings me to something something else that I, I think is really important too, though, is that we need to hit it on another side is policy. You know, it's not, the, it's not the fun part of it, though. It's not the, the, the thing that a lot of people don't want to talk about, but policies need to change. And something that, you know, I was looking at, and, and you guys might have heard of this, but uh, it's uh, Campaign Zero. Mm. You might have heard of this, but it was formed, and I'm going to read this because I don't want to get it wrong, but it was formed in 2015 by a group of activists and researchers with the goal of collecting and publicizing police department data and practices in order to understand how to significantly reduce police violence. That is kind of where I come from more. <laughs> I'm not a. I, 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 I think violence, I understand that it is necessary to a certain extent, but it is something that I'm more passive for sure. And I feel like yeah. um, I really want people to think outside the box and also very critically first um as far as like what can be done go ahead
2: i was just wondering like why do you think police use violence on the black community
0: i I think it's a bully mentality personally
2: but is it effective does it work yeah exactly
0: yeah that's a good point. That's a good and, point. And
2: I'm not saying that's exactly why, like, nobody likes violence, no matter which side it comes from. Like, that's the thing. But I feel like, in a lot of ways, like, d- police don't use violence with, with, like, white criminals as much. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not saying never. I'm right, not right. saying that. But you know what I mean? No, not as much. Well, it's not, it's not comparable. It's at facts. All. It's, it's facts. Comparable. It's yeah. facts. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. Fact. So, and do you see how how like a, there was an upsurge in like white criminals and like white murderers and like mass serial killers in the past and even like school shootings and
1: how they treat them
2: And who how just they came out
0: killing
1: yeah. like what 20 40 people
2: there hasn't been a control of that well
0: a lot of that too is if it's a white male or, or, or a white person doing these things they they instantly go to mental uh, illness. mental illness where mm-hmm. if mental it's a black illness. person it's they're going straight to, to exactly. jail yeah, exactly. no matter what they, walk so. them
1: out, they give them a bottle of water
0: yeah
2: but i guess i just wanted to th- i just thought about it and i'm like because i have not thought about it in that way before but like they use violence to control a specific mm-hmm. race to control a specific demographic so
1: but here's the thing you have to understand right it's like this shit happens it's blatant it's in our faces okay that's like one part of it then it's how are we going to react to it and is the system going to have our back and then these people just get off scot-free basically yeah yeah so how many times can that happen and I and I'm and I'm actually like more you know me I'm a yeah, very yeah. peaceful person man like yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm all peaceful Well and love. you know Nura is so, too all three of us yeah, are real exactly. peaceful people like so I I and when I see that stuff I I, I don't like it you know what I mean yeah. um but I had to take a step back and and when I do I'm like okay I I get that how many times am I going to let like if if you put it personally you know what I mean where say your own family is being threatened and, and killed out there. And these people are just constantly getting away with it. Like, yeah. at what point do you, and I agree, like it, it, it we need to change it a certain way, but if that change is not happening, I know there's other ways, you know what I mean? To like vote and all this other stuff. And I, I highly encourage everybody to vote the fuck, educate yourself, vote these people out of office. Like, let's definitely do that. Um, But there is that other aspect for it. If the the system is not working for you, the system does not have your back. Yeah. So it's just like, at what point do you just throw up your hands and say, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. You know,
0: I can't argue with that. I I think it's just honestly comes up to the way like upbringing and, and, and my own, uh, experiences where you, you are just, you know, I was raised in my mind and not saying that you guys weren't obviously, but it's just like (laughs) you keep on wanting to not to, to, to avoid violence, um, and, and unnecessary deaths, which is ironic because there's been so many unnecessary threats with the system that we have in place.
2: But I, 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 I'm definitely, I'm the same and I completely agree with that, but I guess my shift in, in mentality, um, has made me think about why, you know, I've thought like that for the, for a very long time. It's because uh, I,
0: like what though,
2: like, you know, very peaceful. It's mm. like always go the peaceful route. And like, you know, we all naturally, I feel like human, like, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people, of course, yeah, w- you know, would pre- prefer to go that route, you know, it's like ugly. start peaceful first, you know, like try, you know, try that out. If it works great.
0: Look, I mean, comfort itself is a very, very powerful thing. If you think about it, if you're comfortable and you're doing well, like you you don't want to get out of that zone. You know, it's just just not inherently in you to like, you know what, not for everyone. I just want to be uncomfortable and put myself out there for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, But if your back is against the wall, comfort, you're already uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You, You don't have that to lose. So yeah, you will go into violence or fight for everything you got. It just makes sense. But I think it's when you're coming from the, perspective of comfort why would I want to put myself in a place where I'm against the wall now do you know what I mean and I think that's the inherent nature of a lot of, uh, of the issues that we have is that we don't have enough people that are in comfortable places that are willing to be uncomfortable for other people
2: but I guess that's what like uh, a lot of what I've been reading r- lately which has been you know hopeful like I've seen a lot of instagram influencers and whatever talking about comfort specifically about comfort Mm. and and talking about how it's important to be uncomfortable because there's a lot of people who are always uncomfortable you know like you need to understand what it is like to be uncomfortable in order to get a, a slight semblance of what it may feel like, you know, to be in these specific oh, totally. situations. So that's why, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, why would I put myself oh, in Oh, I'm that not situation? saying for myself. No, 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 I am saying general.
0: And, you know, maybe I am including myself. If I'm if being honest, like, I don't know. What have I done? You know, so, uh, but but I, I think for most people, inherently, it's, you, you're comfortable. You, yeah. you, what's that saying? Once you go first class, you can't go back. You know, like, <laughs> they're, they're uncomfortable airlines. They're not going to go back to coach, <laughs> yeah. but like. it's one of those things. Like even the way I sound right now by saying that thing, I get it. I get it. But that's the whole point, you know? And and I get what you're saying too though. And and I feel like that's the right answer.
2: Mm.
0: What I'm saying right now is I know it's it's the wrong answer, but I want to put it out there so people could start thinking critically. And I think it's really important that people be honest with themselves and not try to pretend they're what they want to be you know because that's the only way we're going to actually get to where we should be Mm
1: -hmm. another thing that i want to put out there there's like there's a lot of different ways you can fight this and a lot of different fronts you can fight this Mm -hmm. battle right i don't want to make it seem like everyone has to be out there on the front lines like in you know in the faces of cops and all this stuff like if that if that if, if if that's your thing like go for it like full out but there's other ways you can do this you can Be educating your other white friends you can be doing a lot of stuff if you're an artist maybe you put that out like everyone has their own avenue and everyone has their own place that they can kind of do this and right joe like i just wouldn't feel guilty because even like having this podcast right that's that's a form of that too right so everyone has their place and i don't think you should feel ashamed about like not because I also think there's definitely that guilt right right now is like I should be doing more I should be out there and I've had that like over this last week and I was like like fuck I should be doing business and that and then like one of somebody from from work was like look you're right where you need to be you're like you're at work you're a leader and you're helping people through this time that's where you need to be right now like and that's okay so I, I think everyone just needs to you know what I mean fit in, get in where they fit in. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? As far as like helping.
0: I think, I think that's, that's the problem though. And I think I agree with what what you're saying, your sentiments, but clearly it's not enough. People, people feel comfortable and they're like, this is good enough. You know, I'm doing my part. Um, but in the, the bigger scale of things, clearly this is not the answer though. Like there's other th- ways You could we stretch further yeah, is what you're there's saying. There's more that we could put. And maybe yeah. you do need to be pushed Exactly. stretch further. Exactly. Exactly. I get that. I, mm-hmm. agree. I get
2: that. I feel like, I mean, I agree with both of you. Like I agree, like everyone has their, their own like abilities and skills and, exactly. and capabilities yeah. to contribute. Exactly. Mm-hmm you can, if you have money contributed that way, if you don't have money and can't contribute that way, if you're, like you said, if you're an artist, you can make something if you want to do that, or you could spread the word, or you can sign petitions, or you can Mm -hmm. write letters, or you can, you know what I mean? There's so many things. If you really care, you will find something to do. And, um, and I, that's why I agree with you. It's like, it's people there, there's a difference between people are like, Oh, I'm doing enough. And just like doing their daily whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and there's a difference between that and like being like, okay, so I'm a um whatever, an accountant. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really care. I don't know what to do right now other than donating, what else can I do? I'm gonna go potentially like help small black owned businesses do their accounting right now yeah. during COVID. Right. You yeah, know what right. I mean? During this, exactly. this traumatic experience yep. and during COVID. You know what I mean? Like do it pro bono. So there's so many things that people can do that they can contribute their own skill sets and their own experiences to do it. So, yeah,
0: that's and that's another good point, though, is that I think we all clearly feel this. We live in Chicago. We, we live in this city. Yeah. We, we don't live in the suburbs. We don't live in an area where we're not affected by it in some way or form. Mm-hmm. We see it. But there, there's a huge population in this country that don't see any of this, mm. and this is not real to them. This is a new, this is a nuisance to them. You know, like yeah, if we're being honest, there's That's a lot of a people that country feel country. like this is this is just in the news, and people are making a big deal out of, you know, something that was unfortunate. But for them, it doesn't mean anything. So we're passionate about it. We want to get on this podcast and at least talk about it, so we can actually yeah. talk about what we're feeling and, and, and what the hell is going on here, just to make some sense of it. But if if you're not affected by it, like that's a totally different perspective, and and to 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 see how they can help, I think it's just, it just it seems so far mm-hmm. for them.
1: I feel like people don't really care until it, it it hits close to home, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that and, and that just feels like some bratty shit. Like, yeah.
0: It's also, but it's it's not even, and, and I'll defend just because for conversation's no, sake,
1: do it though, because there's a lot of people that probably would disagree with me, but
0: a lot of people agree with what you just said, but I'm saying for the person that's like out of touch, let's just say, yeah, they, they, it's, it's almost ignorance, but it's also like, you're not around it. Like you don't see it but there is an inkling in my head. Like, how do you know, like what's enough and what's, what's, (laughs) what's being too hard on yourself. I know what's not, what's, or maybe you're being too lazy or maybe you're doing like, you know, like the balancing act is kind of a weird. And I struggle with that too. You know
1: what I mean? Like even like I protested for a little bit, but like, I still didn't feel like it was enough Mm -hmm. and I felt like I wanted to get back out there. Um, But different people have, I I think it, it is important to lean into your talents right now though, too. Um, but I, but I have friends that, you know, I, especially at work like that are like seriously on the front lines of this shit yeah. and, like bailing people out of jail and like bringing food and water to like different places, you know what I mean? Like yeah. doing the most and I'm just like, that's awesome. Then, then that's where the guilt comes in. Cause, right. Like, why am I not exactly. doing that? You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. And, yeah, that's and, where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, totally get that. You know what I mean? And, and, and I still don't feel like I'm, I'm doing enough,
0: um, it's also realistically i mean yeah. i don't want to be just a talker dude i mean like but at the same time i'm not going to also just make blatant promises and, and that i'm not yeah. going to do either exactly. do you know what i mean like i don't yeah. want i want to be real with myself i'm not saying like after this podcast that's i'm going to start bailing people out you know like that's fair and that's where like but things you can are donate
1: to yeah. people that are organized yeah. that can bail people out and that's like part of it right yeah. or just or even simple as simple as signing a fucking petition you know what i mean like there's little little things that you can do here and there um but again yeah like
0: it's a weird thing and I
1: I, I I get i get where you're coming from um and and i'm not sitting here saying that i'm you know what i mean no 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 doing no. as much as i i
0: could be it's just a thought process that i think a lot of people are feeling yeah. right now but it's kind of hard to talk about because if you, yeah. if you if you're talking to people that don't know you that well it, it, it sounds awful <laughs> you know like I, they don't
2: I, I feel like it could also just be as simply as talking to your friends and family about Mm. racism, about how they are Mm -hmm. being prejudiced and racist in their daily lives. I feel like that's a very important part of it because, you know, like changing one person's actions or, or, um, I guess thought, thought process and and just perspective is, is huge. It's powerful especially with for parents you know parents teaching their kids you know when you're reading them children's books mm. think mm. about like what kind of books you're te- you're reading to them you know teach them about racism mm-hmm. about these things at a young age you know we know so many like new parents or parents to be or you know what i mean um like what could they be doing if they can't be out there? If you, you know what I mean? If they have too many expenses right now, there's so these little things change so much, you know, yeah. in the mm-hmm. future, maybe not right now at the, the instant. It's so important to think about how these, these things could change the future. And that's yeah. the point. It's bit by bit. It's step by step. Um, and it's just as important, you know, the work that people are doing on the front lines and the people that are bailing people, the protesters and, and activists out. It's so important for for you know to educate yourself and the people around you and your children just as much, because that's changing. That's hopefully preventing these things from happening in the long run. And you know, example like my dad, I, I think I've mentioned the story before like in the arab community there there's a lot of racism in the arab community sometimes you know purposeful or a lot of times purposeful sometimes not purposeful you know the language itself you know when when speaking about a black person they use a word that is very very derogatory like very very oppressive which it's abid uh, which means slave and it's part of the, it's not really part of the language. It's just been, I guess, programmed. It's been programmed in people's minds to refer to a black person that way. And I've oh. spoken, like, I've heard my dad say that once. And I'm like, what are you saying? You know, like, do you understand what you're, what word you're using? And he's mm-hmm. like, what? What do you mean? He was just completely oblivious to it. And I was like, you're using an extremely, like, derogatory, oppressive word to refer to to a person of color to prefer to another human being, to a black person. Mm -hmm. And then he's never used it since because I just pointed it out. I mean, thankfully my dad was, you know, like he wasn't, he's not racist. So he was like, fuck, like I really am fucking up. It's educating. It's educating someone. So it might be, it's might be harder for others to do that, but you know, like that's just as important.
0: Yeah, no, right. I agree.
1: That, that feels right. The battle unseen, yeah. That's it goes hard. back to when you're a kid. Like, you're what are you taught? You're taught that all these white men were victors mm. and that mm. they did everything right and then there's no other, any other races that are, like, even brought into history. So it's always, like, the white man glorified. The white man glorified. Even when they did something horrible, we fucking create holidays around them. Like, it, it's just crazy. And I fully believe, like, a lot of this shit, too, is like, trust me, the KKK is still alive and well and doing their fucking thing and well involved in this all this shit. Violence is taught. Hate is taught. And and that's where it's really we need to break it down. It's like these kids are being taught yeah. violence. These kids are being taught hate.
0: That's a, that's a really good point. And like, do, do you guys think that there will be a time, hopefully sooner than later, that like in America in in the in history u.s history that they'll actually teach what actually happened because i feel like like to your points i feel like that's a big step is to give a that's full a story step, right? of what america actually was Let's and is the other sides right yeah i mean when you look at that flag and that goes up to kaepernick and taking yeah. a knee and and drew drew Brees had is a quarterback in the nfl who said some comments here um uh, and I have it written mm-hmm. down here, actually. He, he actually said, so Drew Brees is a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, and he had a really, really tone-deaf comment during a Yahoo Finance interview. Uh, he was asked <laughs> about the possible return of NFL kneeling protests, um, the protests that were started by Kaepernick. Um, Drew Brees said, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. Or our country. Let me just tell what I see or what I feel when the nation an- national anthem is played, and when I look at the flag of the United States. Breeze then went on to talk about his grandfather's fighting in wars, so he totally missed the whole point of that question and and, and totally what it, and him. and everything basically. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of part of the pr- the problem too. Is like when people look at the American flag, I get like you want to support. People that fought in the war, uh, especially people that are close to you and your family members. But the full story is something that's really ne- necessary. You know, like they, when you look at that flag, it represents many different things to many different people. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, th- that story or that interview reminded me a little bit of um, this artwork called What is the Proper Way to Display a US Flag? Um, It was created by an artist named Dred Scott. Um, I believe it was like 1989 when he was a 23-year-old student. Um, He exhibited it at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. The artwork itself included a U.S. flag that was laid down on the floor. And part of the interacting with the artwork itself People were supposed to walk on the U.S. flag in order to access, I believe it was a series of images or like a book that people need, like that was presented on a pedestal or like a shelf. And it, it just basically sparked controversy during that time. And people were pissed off. A lot of people were pissed off um, because they thought it desecrated the U.S. flag mm-hmm. because it required people literally to step on it. Um, so it was really interesting, that reaction in people and, like, who reacted to it and who was pissed off. Um, and it was mostly, like, p- veterans, people who were in the Army, etc., mm. like, mostly white, white folks, you know, um, who would come and, like, literally stand next to the artwork. Whenever the flag was on the floor, they would pick it up, they would fold it into a triangle and put it on the shelf. And then a curator or the person, like, a gallery assistant or manager or whatever would come back put it it's an artwork like it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be presented a certain way it's supposed to be displayed a certain way they would put it back Mm -hmm. and they would come fold it again and put it back on the on the on the shelf and i feel like that's such a powerful like when when a piece like an artwork when a piece of work Mm -hmm. when a creative work makes people feel that way makes people react that way that's so powerful. And how it relates like the the artist was is is a, a black american. So in in terms of that it's just really interesting like your comment about like who does this, uh, the flag serve? Like who mm. does the system serve? Like who is it oppressing and who is it like providing for? When it's oppressing you, it means nothing to you. So you're yeah. not going to respect it. You're not going to sure. uphold it. Mm. So I mm. feel like that specific piece of work just was such a great example of that because it made it literally made people act. It was like an a prot- an mm-hmm. act of protest. It was an act of uh, activism in just like one you know maybe like four square feet literally it's just everyone was pissed about it and I feel like it was just so powerful. What
0: that makes me think about is ownership and it feels like a lot of you know white Americans feel like this is their country like this is mm-hmm. this is their country and we're guests in it. And I'm not going to lie, especially growing up, I felt like a guest. I was born and raised in Chicago. I never felt like this was my home. Mm -hmm. Um, I just grew up just thinking like I was okay with it. I just thought that's the way it is. It's not, I was like a guest. Me and my family were guests in this country and and, and that's the way it is. And this is white people's country. And I, I never really thought, you know, too much more about that until I you know, became an adult.
2: Yeah.
0: But yeah, i never really thought about that. And, and now it's become a huge issue.
1: Same here. I mean, I, I'm really, I, I feel like I, especially growing up in Massachusetts, there was definitely that, you know, I don't know why, but Massachusetts is just a very racist place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they go out of your, their way to make you feel uncomfortable. E- even, <laughs> even if you're like in a nice it doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in. Um, They, You know what I mean? I heard all the shit and comments and racial little bullshit. And even had a friend who I went to his house with a Confederate fucking flag in his bedroom. And his dad looking at me all weird. Like, you know what I mean? All those little things just making you feel very uncomfortable. Like you were never welcome in the first place. So uh, I totally get that. And coming back to the whole flag situation, like... A lot of blacks also have their forefathers that fought in the wars and all this other shit. You know what I mean? But they're still going to protest because obviously, you know what I mean? It's until you get shit right, like we're going to take a knee. But also maybe it's like, hey, you're not getting this shit right. We We need to be heard. And this is the time where I can make space for my cause to be heard and to be viewed. So I mean yeah. I, I, I applaud that, you know, what I mean, using your platform for something like that. So
0: I mean I always thought and this is just my personal thought, I always just thought that that was a protest to say when you take a knee during the anthem is that things are not okay in this country. Yeah. You know things aren't I mean? right like yeah. i'm not i'm not standing because i'm things not aren't, saying yeah. fuck
1: you to all no. the people who fought for this country that's not what it is about you no know it's I like mean? things
0: are not okay
1: things are not Th- okay we
0: can't act like this is just normal exactly things are not okay yep. in this country
1: no i i just wanted to bring up the like how a lot of companies are handling this stuff and responding to it making statements that kind of a thing um out of all of them what stands out was ben and jerry's statement on this whole situation. The ice cream people. Yes, the ice cream people. <laughs> Let's, yeah. <laughs> it was actually pretty amazing. I read it and I was like, holy shit. Like, they really, they really handled that. So they have, here, I'll show you guys. I know the listeners can't see, but like, it's pretty <laughs> big and clear. I, so I did not know about that. It says in, in big letters, we must dismantle white supremacy. Then it says, silence is not an option. I'll just read a little bit of it. I'm not going to go into like too much of it, but all of us at Ben and Jerry's are outraged by the murder of another black person by a Minneapolis police officer last week and continued violent response by police against protesters. We have to speak out. We have to stand together with the victims of murder, marginalization, and representative and uh, repression because of their skin color and with those who seek justice through protests across our country we have to say his name george floyd then they get into talking about george floyd um and they say first we call upon president trump and they go into like talking about how he needs to take the first step in disavowing white supremacists and all the <laughs> nationalist group which we know is never going to happen because yeah. he's a racist <laughs> Third, we support uh, his family. And finally, we call him the Department of Justice. But they like literally touched on every single thing. And, and they just like unequivocally like stood behind everything. Um, which I thought was really cool. Because not a lot of companies right now are comfortable or, or fully comfortable going. They give you all that bullshit where, hey, we stand behind our black employees and blah, 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 blah. But they don't really go on the record being like, black lives matter justice for joy you know what i mean they don't go that far they don't yeah. go as far as saying dismantle white supremacy yeah. so i f- i felt like for them to go out there and 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 make that statement was was pretty huge and i think that's what other businesses should should model after and, and strive to be like
0: Ben and Jerry's
1: 2020. Ben and Jerry's, yeah. I know. President Vice President. I know. President Ben and Vice <laughs> President Jerry. Ben, I, 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 vote. <laughs>
2: I would have never, honestly, I, I never would have thought of right? Ben and Jerry's. As and being, they're, 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 they're two great. white
1: dudes, but they're pretty groovy. You could tell they were like 60s, 70s, like, peace people. <laughs> Inside Joe wants to say that we stand with our black brothers and sisters. Black lives matter. No justice, no peace.